Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Anne-Marie Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. Uh, we just had like a crazy storm come through here, which I was not prepared for, with hail and thunder and lightning. And there's still a little bit of thunder, so if, um, if you hear that, you know, it's, um, it has nothing to do with our show today, although I do think it's the passing of the storm is perfectly timed and very much in deference to our showtime. So I want to thank Mother Nature for that. That was very thoughtful. She is always looking out for me. Um, I'm here to talk to you today about awards. Um, okay, first off, let me say this. You know, most editors I know are also writers. So um, I want all of my writers to understand that we all, we get it. I totally get it. I know that um, that it's exciting and it's nerve-wracking and it's disappointing when it's not your poem. Um, and it doesn't mean your poem isn't awesome, but I understand that feeling from a writer's perspective. I also understand um, that, <laughs> that, that these things are a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, you know, I would like you guys to understand that too. Um, my my nominations are not meant to make anybody feel bad or to um, to play favorites. And this is not, like I said on my Facebook, this is much more than a beauty pageant. And I'm going to explain some of how that happens for me in a minute. But what I also uh, wanted to say in regard to this is when I started um, Vox Poetica, I, I had no um, plans to do award nominations, participate in the award thing at all on any level. And uh, for the most part, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want people to think I was playing favorites, <laughs> people to feel bad, um, people to think that, you know, a nomination from a new online journal wasn't going to really net any winners anyway because no one would take that seriously. There's a whole, so many reasons not to do it, you know, that, and they were all good reasons not to do it. So I really... Um, didn't didn't want to do it until the very last minute, that first uh, round of push cards that my poems were available for, I did change my mind on that, and I am going to tell you why. Um, but but first, let me say that um, I I kind of I I very much believe in part of my mission statement that publication and being read in, the, in and of itself is the very first important thing and pretty much the only thing that matters. Getting your work before the eyes of people who want to read it. That's the thing that most makes a difference. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge believer in publication being the best award of all. And um, when your work is published at Vox Poetica, that's really the only credential that, that, that I care about you getting, you know, and that's just across the board my feeling on it. And I, I feel the same way about my own work. When it appears someplace, I really am just so thrilled that it is there and out there, and that's really the best thing in the world. I, the feeling that that gives me is really awesome. And to be able to do that for other writers um, is absolutely and totally every single time I answer a submission with a yes, that is why I do it. You know, the best thing in the world is to do that for someone whose work hasn't been published yet. You know, that's, that's to me the greatest feeling as an editor. So I, I, and I, I, I want to reiterate that every single step of the way. It is the whole point to what I do. Um, but back to the award thing. The reason I changed my mind that first round of push carts was because um, I, I, I realize and I acknowledge that being nominated for these awards 
unlike the Academy Awards where everyone says, you know, just to be nominated is an honor. Well, it is. Just to be nominated is an honor. Um, and that people use that in their bios to um, to verify and accredit themselves in a, in a good way, you know, in an interesting way. It makes them, it gives them a different type of publishing credit. Um, it's, I don't necessarily think it automatically is some type of imprimatur on their work, but it does lend an element of gravitas, you know, to what we do when we can say push cart prize nominated writer. I, I, I acknowledge that there is a, there is an element of um, achievement in that that needs to go on the record. And if I can in any way um, help get that 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 um, credit that achievement. To one of my writers, well, that's a good thing. That, that's a, that's a positive thing. Um, that's something that that someone can benefit from, and I can provide a way to do that. So, so my whole thinking on it is: while I do believe most of this is marketing, and I believe that most everything is marketing, and you've heard me say that before, and you'll hear me say it again. Um, you know, book reviews for the most part are marketing. Uh, awards are marketing. Publication credit listings are marketing. I don't believe that's bad. I do believe that's the reality of the world we live in. We're a capitalist society. We're trying to sell a product. That product is valuable on its own. We have to convince people of that every day. So these things help convince people of the value of what we do. And I believe artists should be paid for their work, and this is one way in which we can work toward that goal. So all things weighed out, all things considered, um, any chance I have to honor or acknowledge an achievement of one of my writers, I will take that. And what the Pushcart nominations enabled me to do the first year uh, that Vox was in business, you know, um, I started in May of 2009, and so in December of 2009, I was eligible to nominate six poems, and I thought, Great, six people who submitted their work to me will get um, will get an honor just by this nomination, and, and I'm happy to be able to do that. And um, and I have done that ever since. Pushcart, and then uh, this the year following, Best of the Net, um, and I'm going to be nominating Best of the Web this year also. The Dzank um, version, Sundress is Best of the Net. That'll be my second year nominating for those. This is my third year nominating for Pushcart. Um, since Unbound Content began printing their books, I've also begun nominating for Pushcart uh, for the Unbound Content publications as well. So what that means uh, right now at this stage of the game is that I am able to honor um, 21 poems per year, six best of the net, 12 push cart, um, three best of the web. Now, I think that adds it to 21, so I'm going to have to check my math here. Math is not my forte. So if I'm wrong on that, you know, someone will let me know. <laughs> but I feel pretty good about being able to do that for 21, uh, 21 poems. Now, let me also say, that is really hard to do, guys. <laughs> I publish a poem a day on the Today's Words page, okay? So it's 365 poems right off the top. I publish another two a week on the Words to Linger On page. So it's another 104. We're up to over 465, we're up to almost 470 poems here. Um, and then when you add in the prompts poems, you know, those are cyclical. That They run roughly about once every month or two. The, the, Poems that publish on that page anywhere from 15 to 20 to 30, 15 to 30 per cycle, 
you know, let's let's estimate that at another 150 to 200 poems. You know, I publish maybe 650 to 700 poems a year at Vox alone. That's not including the unbound content side, which is at this point in time still incipient and very variable. Um, and we'll deal with that kind of separately in a minute. But that's a lot of poems to read to come up with the best, you know, take out the, the unbound content nominations, you know, uh, six, 12, 18, uh, 15, 15, 15 poems. That's, that's a lot to call. <laughs> so uh, a lot of poems make my short list. A lot of poems make the first cut. And then it starts to get really hard um, because every round I have to cut a few more till I'm left with the six for each of those nominations or the three for best of web. So it's a lot. Um, and I do try and take a few things into consideration to make that decision a little bit easier. Meaning um, the contributor series poems, for example. I, I don't very often nominate those for best of the net or best of the web because those are um, mostly going to end up in print. They're going to end up in anthologies via unbound content. And I don't want to muddy the waters. If best of the net and best of the web want to honor um, Internet-only work, then I want to nominate only Internet work for that. I don't want to get into weird terrain where everything gets disqualified because it shows up someplace else. Um, I often, I won't, I won't nominate prompt poems for those two either because they are not archived at the site. Therefore, once they're off their cycle, they end up in a file um, that I keep, and I end up putting those in an anthology as well. Now, all of those can be nominated for pushcart via Unbound Content. So they are still in the running for different things, and I do consider them in that context. But back to Vox and um, pushcart and Best of the Net, I, I do kind of put things in different piles as I try and consider which ones should get each of those nominations. Um, one thing I need to say right off the top, uh, because I'm the editor and I see and read all these things from the very first submission all the way through the, uh, the final publication and all the comments that come in after and people respond to those things, sometimes personally to me outside of the comment channels or Facebook page, um, this is not blinded and there is no way, <laughs> there is no way for me to blind these things. So. Is it the best six poems I've read this year for this particular nomination cycle? Um, yes and no. Yes, it is, and it is the six best, but it's not only the six best. It's the six best with a bunch of other information that I that I have about the writers or about the um, process to which this poem came to be, the editing process, the creation process. Sometimes people tell me an awful lot about where a poem comes from, what it means to them, and I cannot extract that information out from my decision making. It is part of it. It does play a role. So yes, those things are there. A writer's history, what I know about that writer and their body of work plays into it too. Um, that is not to say that everyone that gets nominated is someone who, for whom I've read a hundred of their poems and love them all. That is not true. Every single round there's, um, there are a few surprises. I know there are poems that that some of you will read and think, what? <laughs> I didn't expect to see anything like that. But um, I, I want to also say that these nomination process, this process for me is also a chance for me to point out um, what I personally respond to in the poetry that comes from my site. You know, I've said this before and I will say this again. I don't personally love everything that I publish. 
that sounds bad. I understand that sounds bad. Um, but I publish for an audience, and my audience consists of different readership. And I do publish things that I know certain certain segments of that readership will really respond well to, will want to read, will enjoy. Other segments will not really expect to find anything there that's worth reading, but they will be swayed after they read it. You know, I put things out there for not not just myself. I am not Fox Poetica, the readership. I'm the editor. And so I, I answer to all of you in different ways. So um, award nominations, that's a chance for me to be much more personal in, in preference. Um, in telling you, showing you, and showing the world the things that I like, uh, the things that really speak to me. I will say, unlike um, some of the decision-making for what I'm going to publish, every single poem that I nominate, that, that is a poem that I love. So um, that is something, you know, subjective that goes into, there is always some subjective element that, um, that, that comes out in those poems too and you know that that may not be um someone's idea about fair um but i, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> there's no editorial board i go and ask for a vote on these things this is solely for me i do oftentimes ask for reader input what were your favorites and i i take those suggestions very seriously and most of the time the poems that you all suggest to me are on my short consider. They don't all make the final cut, but um, most of the time they are poems that are already in the running. And so that actually makes me feel very good, too. Like I, I kind of have my finger on the pulse enough to, uh, to really understand what people want to read, why you come to Vox Poetica, and I, I always feel a little bit better that I'm doing uh, what you want me to do at that point in time. So with no further ado on that, all that qualification speak. I am going to read to you the six best of the net nominations this for, for this year, and I'm going to speak just really briefly about each of them. I'm doing them in alphabetical order of the author. The first nominee is Stealing Days by Casey Bosch, and it goes like this. When we arrive, the calm dark is rudely broken by generator and lamps, a million details to tend to. Set the plates, fasten the sills, Take the measure, run adhesive and sheet the deck, build the walls and stand in place. Bring in the rafters, tip them up and nail them down, an ancient story of feet and inches. 38 and 7 16 skinny, short to short, three times, crippled and dead men and bents, valleys and peaks and studs, stopping for lunch almost while plotting, sandwich in one hand, plans in the other. All afternoon, more of the same but different. Okay, shut it down, tie it down, pack it up, out to the truck, racing to Manny's, pork rinds and beer down 997 toward home, hat stuck to my head, sweat-stained, tie-dyed shirt, wearing enough sawdust and dirt to be arrested for theft. That's called Stealing Days. And I think it's a really um, great poem that takes me and I'm sure a bunch of my readers, into a world they know nothing about. And it's a day in the life for Casey Bosch, and he does a great job of really bringing that to life for us. I don't know anything about working on a construction site, but I read this poem and I can feel very much like I'm in the middle of it. So I really liked the um, ability he showed in that to, to kind of bring his world into ours and will bring us into his. I like that quite a bit. A nomination number two. Me, the Monster, by Robert C.J. Graves. 
You may have perceived, madam, that I have suffered great sickness of mind to have become so wretched, but none may conceive the horrors of my toil. How I worked, oppressed with a slow fever till I collapsed and slept for thirteen days, dead to all but my dreaming. When I awoke, I read all my profane fingers had written, but my labors offered no more than frustration. I stopped speaking to my wife in the modern vernacular, as I felt it could not convey the wonder in my heart, nor the discipline of mind I sought, and she thought me mad and moved to her mother's. Friends and associates alike shunned me like a demon upon introduction to my new manner of speech. Children mocked me, and barmen would not serve me. Still, the madness of language would not sway. Night after comfortless night, day after blistered day, I must write and write and learn to write, just like Mary Shelley. <laughs> and I love this poem for its humor. I like this poem because it speaks to something any writer can relate to. We take on a fever. <laughs> we take on an imitative style. We try to be the best. We try to be like those we admire. Um, we don't always do it consciously, but sometimes we do find ourselves speaking in another language, unbeknownst to ourselves, until people say, why are you talking like that? Um, sometimes one of the things we get to unlearn as a writer is how to stop mimicking what other people do and to speak in our natural voice. So I find this to be... Funny, 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 and very, very relatable. And I um, particularly like, still, the madness of language would not sway as a line from that. Poem number three is called Cradle of Civilization. It's by Jean Hendrickson. Her ebony silhouette glowed and shimmered in morning light. She stroked her jet hair until it floated like wool around her sculpted head. She glided through life, her lips carmine clay, her nose a noble pyramid, she stood astride two worlds, and loving both, left mine to follow her heart. Today, her precious bones lie buried deep in Africa, continent of her dreams. And oh, how I rejoice for her, and oh, how I mourn for her. Amen. Um, it's a poem very clearly about loss, and uh, a very dear and hard to swallow loss. And um, I just think it speaks very elegantly to to that concept, and in a in an an unusual way, um, something other than what you might expect in a in a in a loss and mourning and grief poem. So I thought there's an elegance to it and a simplicity to it, and almost um, a very intimate detachment from the feelings of it, which um, I think makes for a really wonderful poetry. Uh, nomination number four, Gazers by Julie Ellinger Hunt and Stan Galloway. Inside a room, lying on the floor, like a drunk or stargazer, I feel insignificant swirling, forming protostars or stupors. You walk in, take my hand, and beg for me to give in to you, my weakness, your invitation, my vulnerability challenging your integrity maybe just the heat from your skin, whatever it was, you felt it too, and I felt you feeling it. Or was it me feeling too much for both of us, enough to generate a new star below Orion's belt? So we left the room behind, the stars ahead, our lips hadn't touched just yet, together sending a glimmer through the universe, unsure where the heat and light would wave, where the first kiss might occur, somewhere between Cassiopeia's lap or Taurus's horns, or maybe just some distant telescope's small view without a name. 
We laid on the grass and let the sky hang above where it belongs and let the stupor settle back to blackness. Okay, so it's a love poem. We get that, right? <laughs> but what what's great about it is, you know, aside from all the um, astronomy references and things that are cool and love poems, uh, it's two people writing. It's two voices woven together to create one voice. It is not a back and forth, he said, she said. It's not, you know, one voice here and one voice answering. It is, it is one person's perspective, but it is informed by two. So it's two writers, two artists crafting some other being out of their own words, you know, some of their own writing styles and techniques that they were able to blend to create a very cohesive voice, a uh, very cohesive poem that doesn't sound like two people in a conversation at all, but it does sound like one person relaying an experience. And that is collaboration at its finest. I think um, collaboration is underrated, and I, I take every opportunity I can to promote it because I think it does wonderful things for the artistry of both people or the whole group of people, whoever is involved in the collaboration. It, it just opens up creativity in a very different way, and that poem really does, I think, illustrate what great things can come when people write a work on their art together. Uh, nomination number five is called A Divination. It's by Loriah Taylor. A divination of the signs, a Thursday night, road unsafe underwater, road unsafe regardless, slower traffic right lane, fast forward left lane, I drive on the shoulder. Mile marker 103, three men, one love, construction ahead, finds double when workers are present, finds double when hope is present. There are places on Arkansas roadways that if you had a flat tire, you'd never know for all the potholes. It feels the same, the road and the trouble, the road and the mechanism. Never has the future been so transparent. Uh, again, there's a little humor in this one, which I always, I always find appealing. Um, but what I really like about it is uh, Lorai does a great job with um, taking the mundane and making it metaphorical. You know, there's a quality to this of, you know, reading the tea leaves, but you're not reading them in a copy, you're reading them in road signs, and I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I also like the way she um, she gives it a very romantic quality uh, in a in an uncliched way, you know, and, and what you really do get the sense is how you find your way wandering through life. No road map, just road signs, and they're not always accurate, and the road's a mess, and how are you figuring out where you're going to go? Um, mile marker 103, three men, one love, construction ahead. How great is that line? You know, those three lines in that first half of the stanza there, I think that's fantastic. Um, and nomination number six is Observations of a Backwoods Feminist by Nicole Yurkaba. One. Gun love one, firing. We go together. I don't know why. Maybe like guns and ammunition go together. Bart, I'm gun crazy. In the chamber, your firing pin strikes my primer, igniting smokeless powder, expanding pressurized gases, forcing our unstoppable heavy grain bullet through lust, stainless steel barrel. Two, observations of a backwoods feminist. I never was the girl next door. Betty Page. Observation one. In her life, there are only three things a woman can truly crutch herself upon. Her rifle, her hunting hound, and her journal. 
Observation two. Like a man, a rifle is only as good as the woman behind it. Observation three. Like a man, hounds are only as obedient as the woman is strong guiding the lead, forcing them to walk diligently at her left heel. Observation four. Unlike a man, a journal will always be there to faithfully listen and won't ever reveal a woman's secrets unless she opens it and allows it to. Three. Gun love two. Recoil. One cannot violate the promptings of one's nature without having that nature recoil upon itself. Jack London. Thirty stitches half moon curved above the left eyebrow. A thirty-odd sixes to the bone recoil kiss reminding, when you hold on too loosely, it's the one you immeasurably love that will hurt you the most painfully and leave maximum visible scars. Dab. Okay, so where to start with that? That is a... I, I think a fantastic poem, um, and from so many different perspectives, it encompasses so many different things. First of all, the title, "Observations of Backwoods Feminists." So I just love it already. <laughs> I've never been hunting in my life, but I just love this poem, and I want to be that girl. I don't really want to get that, like, you know, scar above my eyebrow from the gun recoil too much though um but i what i what i love 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 is it speaks to vulnerability it speaks to a warrior side of female nature it speaks to um a, i think a very real feeling that we women have of having to walk a line between fending for yourself and opening up um protecting yourself and being strong and falling apart there's a lot of things that make this a complicated dance and i think um what you see in this, in the quotes, uh, you know, Betty Page, Jack London, Dad. <laughs> the Dad piece is awesome. Uh, you know, Dad is raising a feminist, a backwoods feminist, so he's trying to be protective and yet make her strong at the same time. I just, I don't know where to stop with my love for this poem because I think it just, it, it just brings so much to the table. I could read it over and over and over again, find something that I love even more every time. I think Nikki did a great job with this. Um, speaks very much to who she is. It is her voice. You know, uh, it's her. I, I read this and I understand who who wrote it, um, which is not to say it's autobiography. And we should, we, we'll have to talk about that a whole different time, the difference between fact and truth and the nature of autobiography in one's writing. Um, anyway, we're totally out of time. Those are the six best of the net nominations. I hope you liked them as much as I did. I hope that if there were one or two, you might not have liked that much. You like them a little better now that you've heard me read them. <laughs> and now you've heard me talk a little bit about, um, you know, how I chose them. Um, one thing I will promise you is that every one of my nominations is one that has stuck with me through the year. When I am going back over my list of what I have published, they're the ones that leap out at me. Um, there's always there's always about 30, 30 or so that do that. So even amongst that 30, um, it's still hard to choose, and there are still some that get left out. Every year I could make a whole new nomination list from the ones that don't make that last cut and feel equally strong about those. It is not easy. I am considering, um, and I'd like to know how people feel about this, I am considering uh, doing an anthology at some point of the nominations, um, you know, the poems that have been nominated over the years for, for whatever. If you want to only see Push Card or Best of the Net or Best of the Net might be funny, you know, it would be the ones that didn't make Best of the Net anthology. 
<laughs> yes. Otherwise, they'd be in trouble. No one ever read my nominations there again. Uh, we don't want that to happen. Anyway, I would like feedback on that. Do you guys would you be interested in reading a collection of these nominations? Um, I think I think they do kind of read cool together. They they bring a different thing each of them to the mix, and it kind of makes for a fun fun read. Um, that's my view. I'm the editor. That's what you get. You know, guys, it's what I do. Um, I hope that you'll be excited to read who gets Best of the Web nominations coming up and Pushcart. Um, both of those are coming up by the end of this year. So you'll see more. You'll get to read more great work every single day at Vox Poetica because what you read there is awesome pretty much every day. I think you can find something um, of note to read there every single time you visit. So don't just come by when it's nomination time. Read it all the time and uh, form your own best list and send that to me. I'm, I'm always curious to know what you guys love too. Please tell me your favorites. Tell me which ones you like most. Um, give me a chance to find a way to promote those in, in, in one capacity or another too. Extra promotion has never hurt anybody uh, and we, we can all use a little more of that. So uh, I hope that you had a good time listening. Um, go write something. Send it to me. I want to publish more of your great work. Um, have a great week. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Happy New Year to anyone who may be celebrating today. Um, I hope this storm has passed. Uh, write me something, guys. Bye.